Verse 20 says, If then you have died to Christ, and you have, if then you have died, excuse me, with Christ to material ways, listen to it, if then you have died with Christ to material ways of looking at things and have escaped from the world's crude and elemental notions and teachings of externalism, externalism, in other words, everything that you do outside, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to rules and regulations such as do not handle this, do not taste that, do not even touch them, referring to things all of which perish with being used? To do this is to follow human precepts and doctrines. Listen to the last verse. Such practices have indeed the outward appearance that popularly passes for wisdom, in promoting self-imposed rigor of devotion and delight in self-humiliation and severity of discipline in the body. But, listen, but they are of no value in checking the indulgence of the flesh, the lower nature, and that's speaking of the nature of the flesh. Instead, they do not honor God, but they serve only to indulge the flesh. This is one of the mysteries. Like I said, I'm way ahead of myself now, and I'm mad because I need to get back to my notes. But what we're going to get to is we're going to show you Scripture. Or I, can, I mean, we're going to show you categorically. If all you do is tell people not to do something, you actually are helping them to continue to do it. They will only... The law promotes the flesh to indulge itself. This is why we're not called to preach the law. We're called to preach the good news. We're called to preach the gospel. We're called to tell what Jesus Christ has actually done. The bottom of the page, I've already quoted it 34 times. But Romans 2, 4, he said, Or despises thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God is what is intended to lead you to repentance. Amen? Everybody say, it's the goodness. It's the goodness. Yes, it is. Okay. Now let us go to the next lesson too. Like I said, we're just going to keep flowing with this. Point A, revelation of the revelation of grace will produce a humility before God. In other words, it's because again, when you find out how much God loves you and what He's really done, it will, it will cause you to want to bow your knee. You won't have to, you'll want to. The revelation of grace produces a humility before God and a boldness before hell. And the devil. You will not allow the devil to just run you ragged because you realize he is the liar and the father of lies and you'll learn what a lie is. And you won't listen to something that tells you something other than what God says about you. In Luke 1.30, the only reason I wanted to read this is because, again, in the Amplified, there's all these phrases that speak or give a definition of the word grace. Now, again, like I said, when we use the word grace today, we say things like, well, let's say the grace when we close the meeting. But again, you see, these guys, it meant a whole lot more to them in this new covenant. It was an, we just take it as a salutation and an ending. But have you ever realized every epistle, well, not every, almost every epistle begins with and ends with this? It begins with this, grace to you, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be unto you, and then, he, then they go out. And then when they end the epistle, you know what it says? Grace to you and to all the saints in Ephesus. Grace to you. It's, Grace, it starts with grace, it ends with grace, because they were birthed from grace. Grace was the greatest revelation that they had, and grace is what you begin with and what you end with. But we just put, well, we think it's a, grace unto you, and all the saints of the Lord that are in Ephesus, you know. No, it's grace to you. It's a big deal. It was a big deal to them, because it was so different. It meant 
favor. It meant we want you to be favored. This is what we're living in now. We're living in this, what God has done for us. That's, that's why they were able to stand before lions and tigers and be thrown to death and stuff because something struck their spirit that was so big that it just totally overwhelmed the fears of their flesh. And I'm telling you, all I know is when you walk in this long enough, it just makes you run to God instead of run from God. And that's the most important issue, the difference between conviction and condemnation. When you have a revelation of God's love, you'll get convicted, but conviction draws you towards God. But the law condemns you, and condemnation runs you away from God. You want to get away from God because you're embarrassed to be around church. You know, oh, I've sinned last weekend. I can't go to church. I can't go to church next Sunday because I sinned last night. <laughs> when you understand grace, you'll say, I have to go to church on Sunday because I sinned last night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Actually, you won't even have to wait till you go to church because you'll bow your knee on you know, say, Father, I blew it, forgive me. And then you'll rise up and go to church like you never did anything because you realize the blood of Christ continuously will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Listen to Luke 1, 30 in the Amplified. This is when the angel spoke to her about how she was going to give birth. But I just want you to hear the definite, this phrase that said. It says, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found grace. And here it says in the Amplified, this is what it lists. Free spontaneous, absolute favor and loving kindness with God. Point two, the revelation of God's goodness towards us in Jesus Christ is a major dividing line between right and wrong interpretation of Scripture. Remember that just a slight error can mislead the entire church. And look at Galatians 5.9 I've got on your, on your notes there in the Amplified Bible. It says in Galatians 5.9, a little lump, just a slight inclination to error or a few false teachers leavens the whole lump, it will pervert the whole conception of faith or mislead the whole church. This is why to me it's so serious. Because all it takes is just a little inclination towards the law to keep you in bondage. And it will mislead the whole church. Point three, Proverbs tells us to put first things first. The primary message of the new covenant is the revelation of God's love that has come to us. Our minds are to be conditioned as oil and leather to the grace of God. Now look at Matthew 5, 8 in the Amplified. This is the Beatitudes, but in particular from the Amplified, I, I, I love that word because it's it's this is the word in the Greek. It says, Blessed, happy, enviable, fortunate, and spiritually prosperous, possessing the happiness that's produced by the experience of God's favor, and especially conditioned by the revelation of His grace, regardless of their outward conditions or the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, I know that's a lot of words, but this is why I like that. It says, I this phrase is all over the New Testament in the Amplified Bible in the Greek, especially conditioned by the revelation and the grace of God. Now, I put in that little statement above, like oil and leather. My dad, you know, was a building contractor. You'll hear about that. I can't help it. I can only pull from my own experience. But my dad was a building contractor for some 37 years. And he was an incredible craftsman, what, the things that he did with his hands. But also, when he would work furniture, he'd build cabinets, fine cabinets, you know. But when my dad would get old pieces of furniture, he had all these old oils and stuff. And basically, it's like what they do with French polishing or something, some of the wood in this beautiful church. But my dad would take these oils and these things and rub these oils into this old wood that had been, you know, just left in garages or left out in fields and what have you. And it would condition these things and condition these things. And the life and the luster of the wood would come back out and just incredibly enhance it and make it beautiful. Well, the major thing was dad would buy pieces of furniture for like $5 
And after he got done with them, people were wanting to buy them for $5,000. You know, just because of his ability to work with wood and knew what to do with it. If you can hear what this is saying, it says, if your mind, especially conditioned by the revelation of God's grace, will be the pure in heart, for they will see God. Your minds need to be conditioned, just like rubbing oil in furniture, rubbing oil in furniture, rubbing it and working it and working it. We need to work grace into you and work grace into until this is what you begin. It'll increase your value a thousandfold because suddenly you'll begin to see differently and there'll be a new luster to your own life. 